Hello there, we thank you for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 325 for patch 7.0. We are a podcast covering the world of Warcraft and the rest of the Blizzard universe. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Root. And this is Freckleface. Coming up in episode number 325 of HearthCast, making a murderer, Azeroth edition, and what to expect during an official Blizzard event. This podcast is supported by our fine Patreons, like our most recent Patreon, Mr. Tinker. To show your support and to learn more about Root and myself, Head on over to patreon.com slash EIPS. So, hey there, Root. Hey there, Freckle Face. So, tell me about your week in the Blizzard universe. It was expansive. 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 Does that mean very big? It does. And Were getting you bigger. bloated? No, I just played more uh, than I usually play. Okay. And played more titles than I usually play, so... Well, that's always a good thing. In WoW, I took all of my available alts through the invasion scenarios. So if there was something to do, I've done it with all of my alts, including one I'd forgotten about for a little bit. Frackle! <laughs> the uh, randomly generated name that came out, F-R-O-A-C-K-L-E, right? Frackle! <laughs> yeah, that would be the one. So, have you done all the scenarios on both Horde and Alliance? Yeah. They're pretty much the same. I think I'm missing doing the Alliance side on the later ones. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're different. What do you mean? Oh, no. Well, the not. one where you meet with the Karen Tor, I've only done it on Horde side. Oh. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything for you then. So, I need to do it on the Alliance side is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I will. I'll get it done before launch. I'm still gearing up Mute. He's my uh, demon hunter. So I've been doing the invasions. Those have been more more profitable with him than anybody else. I got my invasion puppy. So you got yours. I did. It's awesome. I haven't done anything with it except learn it. So I had, (laughs) this is pretty funny. I had a a real life issue come up during one of the uh, invasions on the Horde side. And so I took my character and I ran him into a little house there. Just put him in a room. It's like a, a village house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just put him in a room. Just leave me alone. Stay out of combat and you're fine. And the demons didn't come get you? Demons did not come get me. They don't go inside ha- doors. Have you noticed that it's kind of instanced off and like the innkeepers are gone. Like all the uh, all the townsfolks are gone. Well, I would be too. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Point well made. <laughs> well, I mean. During the Headless Horsemen, they're there, they, you know, and all that, those events. They don't scare off then. They run around frightened, but they don't leave. Well, that's that's true. That's true. Anywho, I'm out taking care of IRL events, and I come back and realize that it's gone through like three stages. They're on the final boss. And I'm like, oh, all right. And I run out and I, you know, tag the final boss and it's over. Which is kind of cool because you think I didn't do anything and I got all the credit. But on the flip side, I didn't get any credit for any kills, so I got no currency. Oh, true. So no chest? Uh, I got a chest. One chest. One chest. I didn't get any of the smaller chests from the smaller bosses that you kill. And I didn't get any of the currency from those bosses either. So it's like, yeah, you can complete it that way, but it's not recommended. You don't get enough. No, and it's a little cheaty. It's not cheating if if you get it, but well, not cheating, cheaty. Uh, There's right, a difference. Yeah. yeah, there is. You're right. I'll give you that. Kind of like waking up old what's his name there and then Karazan and getting floated around. But you know, here's the thing, Cadgar. Again, you know, you're ready for a fight. You're like, I don't know how we're gonna get out of this fight. And he just like, let me help. And he puts up a barrier, then turns you into a. Uh, the cotton candy wisp and floats you away. It's like, okay, those are two really cop-out moves. I, I don't f- think so. I want to fight. A fight is a risk. Oh, if I, you can accomplish the same purpose without fighting, let it's, me it's put smart up a, on his hand. Okay, okay. His right, so let yeah. me, so he puts up a barrier, a little yeah. bit of spoilers. He puts up a barrier in Karazhan, you know, you have to run all the way over to the other side of the room for one thing, only to see the enemies come up, which you cannot target. And then he puts a barrier up. 
And then he proceeds to take down all the other barriers. It's like a little hypocritical, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You're putting up barriers and taking down other people's barriers. Come on. Maybe you can only hold one barrier at a time. I don't know. Uh, So then he turns into cotton candy and you fly off. That's what that thing looks like to me. Cotton candy. Yeah, it does. Same thing happened when we went and visited him in uh, Draenor. You're like, how am I going to get across over there? That's like that. His little spot's waiting. You hit the button and turns into cotton candy and fly over there. Like, okay. It's a useful skill. I guess. Yeah. I'd rather fought, but whatever. Think how many situations you can get out of. You can just cotton candy out. That'd be like a fun skill to have, like IRL. Yeah. Like someone just starts bugging you and it's like, yep, cotton candy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I reckon that if you were going to get an argument with somebody outside of yelling bubbles, (laughs) the second thing you could do is hand them some cotton candy. Hmm. And then tell them to say bubbles. <laughs> just, just be like, here, say bubbles. <laughs> I want to try that because cotton candy, I think, has a shelf life of 500 years or a half life or something. It stays. Oh, does it? <laughs> Never had any last very longer than a minute. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you get like the fresh cotton candy, you don't just eat it, you save it. I tend to compress it down to small bricks, and then, <laughs> never mind, it's crazy. Anyhow, so hey, Frank, what else is going on? Well, you know, we had a pretty busy weekend uh, working the Hearthstone event. It was the prelims, and the contestants, is that what you refer to them? Competitors? The uh, Tavern Pro Heroes players, yeah, Tavern the Heroes. official name. Yeah. Uh, but they had come from far and wide to come there and compete. They really did, yeah. yeah. On their own dime, most of them. Right. It was a pretty cool experience being involved in that, seeing what goes on with the setup, all the different rules that uh, Blizzard has for how things are executed just so to make sure that things are fair and accurate. Yeah, one of the things that, that in, we're not really going to talk about this later, so I'll, I'll say it now, that I, I did not expect is when you're watching those feeds, the video feeds, stuff's already happened. They're like an hour behind on the video feed. That's true. And I had no idea. There's, they supposedly do that so they can get around any kind of technical issues they might right, be having. Right. Although, if you watch the event online, they did have an, a, an, an issue where somebody's uh, game crashed or they lost their connectivity or something. And he kind of like, he was still on a stream. So he's like waving somebody over, like, hey, I'm having a problem. And then they finally cut away from it and went back to the announcers. Maybe it's partially to make sure that there wasn't a player who lost and then just, you know, unleashed a. Flurry of expletives over the stream. Oh, so the like, you know, like a like a dump button. Yeah, you know, like a yeah. censoring it or something. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that either. <laughs> <laughs> but they no, they weren't mic'd up. But you can read lips. You know, oh, sure. <laughs> so, yes, you can. <laughs> you know, they were mic'd, but the mics weren't hot. But anyhow, yeah, it was, a, it, was it was yeah, it was a very fun event. Yeah, uh, there was a meetup that was centered around that, so uh, people were actually able to come in and. Uh, do a casual tournament as well as kind of cheer on those tavern heroes. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was really cool. We we uh, we, we were uh, laden with uh, swag to give out. Yeah. Just gifts, not really swag. But yeah, I think you had fun playing Santa Claus, walking around giving I people did. stuff. I, yeah, I had some Hearthstone card pack codes. Yeah. So, the yeah. best of that that really just really made me smile that was, was the new guy. Mm-hmm. He'd been playing less than a month. And really had no clue as to what was going on. He really liked the game. That's what he knew. He liked the game. Liked the game. At the time, we didn't have an expert to sit with him and train him on anything. And he didn't have the time to stick around either. Because that was part of the deal. So we had experts who would show you exactly how to play the game. And you hooked him up with, what, five? Yeah, five card packs. Which is, like, awesome. Which in the grand scheme of things isn't going to be a lot, but hopefully he got some good uh, rares and legendaries out yeah. of there. Yeah, yeah it's still it, that's a nice gesture yeah. when you're just starting off to play the game. We and, and he already said he spent a good penny on it. Yeah. So to do that and, and to get five card packs just for showing up to a, his first ever event. And that was the nice thing about the Blizzard, you know, giving giving us the codes is, you know, able to do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it, it was so cool. cool. And we had there's other gifts and prizes and uh, competitions and. We had that cool thing. We did like a quest log. It was really fun. There was uh, events and thing, not event. It was like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. But it was 
play different types of games. And we, this was a group effort, you know, we went to, um, uh, that meeting a couple weeks ago and we had appetizers and played oh, Hearthstone so and we yeah. talked about different ways to play. Like we had brought up, okay, we'll give, give people a challenge because one thing that I always wanted to see at these meetups is the, some incentive or somebody organizing, um, ways to play against other people that you can't when you randomly match. Right. For example, there was one item in the scavenger hunt that said play a game where both of you make a deck with only uh, the basic or common cards. No rares, no epics, no legendaries. Mm. So that type of thing is something you can only do if you talk to the person ahead of time before you challenge them. I saw some guys doing that and they were they built their decks together. Oh, but, that's cool. Yeah, it was really neat. Yeah. And one of the items is also to play Tavern Brawl. And we lucked out because the weekend that the meetup happened, the Tavern Brawl was another version of the co-op one we've seen a couple times before. In that rather than fighting each other, there is a taunt minion on the board that just switches sides between turns. Right. In this case, it was Nefarian. Yes, Nefarian. He started out as, what, 0 200? Yeah. And then during the different stages, he went up to 5 attack and then he went up to 10 attack. So both players had to work together, buffing each other up. Healing each other. Down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The basics of it, I mean, it took me. I finally got it on the last day of uh, the event. And that was three days of me trying. And I would, I would, we tried several times, you and I. It was tough, yeah. I tried several other times with just random players. And like one time we got so close. Yeah. And it just, it, you know, there's a couple times when Nefarian just does some well, nefarious things. <laughs> uh, like he he does a board wipe for 30 damage on everything. So if you don't have that one card buffed up above 30 health, then your chances of actually winning uh, the Tavern Brawl are slim to none. Yeah. So I sat down on Sunday morning and I'm there. And I'm, I'm like, okay, just I got some time to kill before people start coming in. Let me give this another shot. And I'm playing, and the card that I wanted to buff, there's one card that jumps sides. So it was like a gnome, I think. And he would be on your side, and you could buff him, and then he would be on the opponent's deck. He so kept you switching sides. you could play sides. him every turn. Right, and yeah. you, could, you could buff friendly or non-friendly or yours or theirs. So he had more cards that were available to buff him. He wasn't dropping. And finally, a card, one of the other ones drop that was or a minion drop that was one of those that gained their own health every time for a little bit when they're out there or something so it's kind of a self-buffing one and we started buffing that guy oh i think that was the one that every time either player played a card he would get buffed okay up. yeah that's yeah. probably what it was so we played him because yeah there was a lot of times where i was just discarding everything i could discard to buff that card as well i remember yeah, this now yeah. yeah and uh we we just got it it was awesome. And I was I found out that you could play either well, you couldn't play it randomly to let you to play either a priest or a was it a paladin murloc? A shaman. Shaman murloc. Yeah. Um I play the priest a lot better. Okay. So I was able to really heal myself, heal the other heal my opponent because you could heal them as well. So I was throwing down massive heals, keeping everybody buffed, keeping things going. It was a lot of fun. And we'd got to knock it out. And I'm like, I'm done. I don't have to do that one ever again. <laughs> well, and I, I think I was a little bit disappointed that you and I weren't able to figure it out together. But part of what happened was the beginning of the day, we had about three different times where there was like a game disconnect, right? Oh, yeah. And it, it started was, us over. Yeah. And I, well, it was me. It was my iPad disconnecting. Well, it wasn't okay. just that. Is when you came back in, oh, even was, though you yeah. hadn't missed a turn. Right. The game was acting like you had. And I was watching both screens. Yep. It was ending your turn on my screen before you got a chance to do anything. <laughs> it was just messed up. And then we tried again later in the, the evening, but I think I was tilting by that point. Tilting? Know. Tilting, yeah. Uh, it's when you get frustrated and you make your frustrations, uh, you allow your frustrations to make you play worse. Oh. So by that, <laughs> it just all kind of added up. So after we lost a couple of times in the evening, plus we retired from the day, I was just like, you know, rah, rah, done with this. Yeah, we'd been there for about We'd twelve been there hours day, at yeah. that point. <laughs> so. so I'm glad you're able to uh, try again when it was fresh for you the next yeah. day. Yeah, I was untilted when I played. It was Merlin Ice. <laughs> but that did uh, that did get me back into Hearthstone. 
And well, I'm I, glad. I played a couple more games and uh, almost won a couple. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was one I had the guy down. Uh, it was like I had like, I don't know. I think I had 12 hit points and he had three. Ooh, close. And I'm like, okay, this guy is going down. Cause, yeah. Yeah, I get, no. He played like the perfect... I mean, even he's like, he was like, there was a pause Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, I'm going to get this guy the next turn. And so he's pausing, he's waiting. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he's doing the numbers and he's realizing he ain't got a chance. So he's going (laughs) to concede and he doesn't emote. Well played. Hmm. And then proceeds to lay down a deck of car or whatever. He just does this play that completely eliminates me. Oh, 12 points, and I think I was in a hole about 10 points when he was done. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a good match. That's good. Well, I'm glad you have fun, and I, I, I want you to buy the, the adventure pack so we can talk about Karazhan. Um, oh, yeah, we'll see. Cause it, and, you know, I didn't realize, obviously, until, you know, recently that they lined that up. The Karazhan expansion pack in Hearthstone, and then we're going back to Karazhan. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think of that. Yeah. 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 I thought you meant the tournament and and Karazhan. Oh. Because the yeah. announcers, I don't know if you caught it, but they like wigged out the first time a, a new card from the Karazhan expansion was played <laughs> in the tournament. They're like, oh my gosh, there it is. It was like, great, guys. That's going to be tough because not all the cards have been released yet. So you're not seeing the full, I'm sure some of them work with other cards better that aren't out yet. Yeah, they made, I think they spent like at least 20 to 30 minutes talking about well, it was a legal card because it's in the deck and blah, blah, blah. And so I think somebody might have complained, like, he shouldn't have been able to play that card. That's too new. Mm. But it's available to play. Yeah. So. yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Maybe there's a gentleman's agreement on that. Like, you don't play the new stuff in a tournament. I don't know. I don't think that holds up water. It can't. It's a virtual oh, card. Online. Oh, uh, online tournaments, though, they're vicious. They are. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Speaking of vicious, I want to spend some time and talk about Jaina Proudmore. Jaina Proudmore? What about her? She's changed. Yeah, she got that white fluff in her hair now. Yeah, well, yeah, physically her hair turned white instead of being blonde. She just has the one blonde streak left. Is that what it is? Yeah. All all white and one blonde? Right, and uh, that happened uh, during the Theramore blast. Yeah. Yeah, the mana, mana energy. Yeah, the mana bomb kind of messed her up there. Yeah, so I've been thinking about Jaina, and I have a prediction. All right, wait, 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 wait. Uh, okay, go. I don't have anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, let's just do this one for you. Get ready? It's more of a proclamation, but go ahead. Oh, this is true. Okay. <laughs> I think she is going to be a boss that we fight at some point. Like a raid boss? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if into the expansion boss or just a raid tier, but I think at some point we're all going to have to band together and fight Jaina. I expect that you have evidence to support this theory. Well, it just seems to me that that's the direction that she's going in, that she has kind of turned off the straight and narrow and is going down a bad path. All right, well, let's talk about Gina, who she was, the Gina that we all know. Right. So she was the daughter of uh, an admiral, the Grand Admiral. So she's the heir to Theramore. Do you call that, is that a city or province? She, uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's royalty. Okay. Now, in the beginning... Uh, when we knew Jaina back in, oh, you know, Warcraft or the early World of Warcraft days, she was peaceful and just. Even at the very beginning, she was tested. She had worked to forge this peace between the Alliance and Horde, and her own father started attacking the orcs all up and down the coast. So one of her first trials was trying to decide between her family and the right thing to do. Yeah, okay. In face of that tough decision, she chose the right thing. She allowed her father to die because she knew that he was wrong and she wanted to keep the peace. 
so this was the birth of the diplomat Gina. Yes. That we all know. Okay. That's correct. I get that. And that's a tough decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. And for several years, she maintained a uh, somewhat secretive relationship with Thrall. A friendship, not a... Oh, uh, no. It was a relationship. That's <laughs> oh, fine. No. no you, that was... No. Uh, she reminded no. him of his uh, sister figure, what? Uh, Taritha. Whatever. <laughs> she no, in no way, shape, or form did she ever friend zone Thrall. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Nope. All right. Well, regardless... Disregardless. You should say that word. <laughs> I'm not going to say the word. <laughs> uh, either way, there you go, avoided the word altogether. She kept the peace between the Horde and Alliance. And she did so by, uh, you know, conversing with the enemy. Yeah, I kept that open dialogue. Right. Now, she suffered, but she still remained strong. You know, she and Arthas were going to be married. Yeah. And uh, she watched him... Murder a city? What do you call that? Ransack? Raised. Raised a city. The the uh, culling of Stratholme. Yes. He culled it. He culled it. Yes, he did. She tried to stop him. She yeah. watched the man that she loved murder innocent people. Well, that's for their own good. They're going to turn anyhow. Yeah. Kind of a gray area. But he kept on going farther and farther into evilness, into darkness. She tried many times to pull him back but she couldn't he was too far gone he didn't want to hear it and she blamed herself for being unable to save him she kept on telling herself if only I had said the right thing said or done something there has to have been something I could have said I could have done to make him see what he was doing is wrong Okay, so that's kind of, if you look at it, yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a personal failure there in her eyes, but there's also a diplomatic failure. That's true. She is, you know, being this diplomat, made this hard choice with her dad, and, and then presented with another hard choice, she cannot sway the other person to do the right thing. So both on a personal, emotional, and political uh, level, it's not going well for her. And what happens when a lot of people take their failures and continue to blame themselves rather than just learning from it and moving on? Yeah, it tends to build up. It does. Creates a lot of negative emotions that tend to fester in some really bad ways. But she still, even though all this is going on, she still had faith that keeping those open lines of communication with the Horde was the right thing to do. She did. You know, she believed that the two factions could find peace just through open lines of communication and trust. That is until the destruction of Theramore. So this is her home city. The attack came completely unprovoked. And if you remember, that was a time of relative peace between the Horde and the Alliance. And Garrosh had just become ruler. And he had decided the Horde just wasn't the Horde if they allowed the Alliance to live on their lands. So Garrosh initiated this surprise attack upon Theramore. So during which Janus suffered the loss of, you know, her entire home, the place that she ruled over, just gone, rubble. She watched her innocent apprentice die in her arms. Yeah, what a scene that was, too. Yeah. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. And Ronan sacrificed himself, so she had to take his place as leader of the Kirin Tor after his death. Which she did not consider herself ready for, nor a role that she even wanted. And that was, I mean, that was her leader. That was her mentor. That was the That's guy. That's right, yeah. And, you know, watching him hold a portal open for other people to get out, knowing that he was going to die. Yeah. That's just tough. So she is crazed with grief, with anger. And the new hairdo. And the new hairdo, yeah. She's no longer blonde. And uh, she prepares to launch a massive attack against Ogomar. She is going to drown the city. She summons forth all of the water elementals that she can muster, you know, and she's a very powerful mage. Yep. The most powerful mage, actually. Well, true. Yeah. 
So she is getting ready to just drown Ogremar. You know, the citizens in there, not just, you know, the military. I mean, there's everything that's in there. You know, there's the, the flower shop, the orphanage. Well, there's a line, and I don't remember the line exactly, but it was basically like, they showed no mercy to me, and they're more, why should I give them anything exactly. the same? Exactly. And she's like, I will obliterate them from the face of the of the earth, or Razroth, really, I guess. Yeah. So that could have been the point where she snapped and did something terrible. But she was dissuaded by Caligos, who at this point is her, I think, fairly new boyfriend. You know, he's the, the blue dragon. Had been one of the, the dragon aspects, but who... Uh, Gave up that his abilities yes, during... Yes, gave up yeah, his immortality. Uh, to defeat the, Deathwing. Yes, yeah. for the fight with Deathwing. Yeah. If I recall, it wasn't Thrall and Galagos both there trying to dissuade her and talk her down? I think, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I think they were both there. I have to reread it, yeah. I'm not sure. I remember it specifically Calico's being there. Right, he was yeah. there, he was just like, come on, let's not do this, yeah. you know, this isn't you. So she is calm to that point. Right, he talks her out of it, she does not destroy Ogremar. Right, but I've been noticing some events that I really think that they seem to be leading up to her becoming a true villain. Okay, this is here's the meat. This is what I've been waiting for. So at the end of Mr. Pandaria, you know, we defeat Garrosh. Thrall begins the process to execute him. You know, he's going to smash him in with Doomhammer. Right. Doomhammer to the skull. Varian stops him. Mm-hmm. He says, no, let's give him a trial. We need justice. Right. He's on our lands. He's supposed, you know, he's subject to the laws of these lands, yada, yada, yada. Now, what you don't see if you play the Horde side is that Jaina is very angry at Varian at this point. She didn't want him to stop Thrall. She wanted Garage dead right then and there. And Varian said, no, we need justice. This is the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to put him on trial. Now, as we know, what did Garrosh do immediately after that? He rips open a portal between space and time and yep. heads over to uh, a past alternate version of Draenor. He escapes, builds up this whole iron horde. With the help, we might say, of this person we haven't seen a lot of here lately, and that is the, the black dragon aspect himself. That's true. Good old Raytheon. So think about this whole situation from Jaina's point of view. Jaina wants death right then and there. She doesn't get it. The person who was, who would have died if it had been up to her, then goes on to create a whole lot of other havoc and destruction and further deaths. So now Jaina is going to be angry that she wasn't listened to and vindicated for wanting death right then and there. Well, especially when you go back even further than I just take a step back. And remembering that for the horde to destroy Theramore to begin with, they snuck in and stole the divining bell out of Darnassus. Once Gina found out about that, she already doesn't trust the horde. I mean, that's already, she's already mad at them for obviously destroying the city. And then when she finds out what links they went to in order to do that, that's when she like kicked them all out of all of Dalaran. Dalaran. Yeah. Now, as a leader of the Kirin Tor, she is supposed to be outside of the Horde Alliance disagreement. Correct. It's neutral. It's neutral. It's a sanctuary. So she took something that was a conflict between the two factions, and she made her decision as leader of the Kirin Tor based on that. So she threw all the Horde out of Dalaran, um, kicked them out of being the Kirin Tor. You can still go there as a player, though. Okay, so here's the thing. I've been thinking about this ever since we've been going back to Dalaran. It has been bothering me since Mr. Pandaria going, oh, wait, as a Horde player, I shouldn't be able to go to Dalaran because we've been kicked out, but we still can, which means that they're using places as an indicator of time. If you go back to the older version of Dalaran, you're going back in time True, yeah. To win, the Lich King was still on the Frozen Throne. Yeah, you're right, yep. Timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. When, 
When that gets confusing is when they decide to update a place. It's like, okay, but that place indicated a thing in time, so now you're going to have two places? Well, now they do because now there's another Dalaran. Right. There's a Dalaran that exists back in the Wrath of Lich King days, and there's a Dalaran that exists now. Although they did move it from where old Dalaran was, and now there's just a giant crater there. Yeah, that's true. So the story, that they don't use the same logic through everything. No, they don't. It's just complicated. Uh, but anywho. We've talked about this before. It's the static story in a dynamic world. We've talked about it. It's very difficult to pull off. Yeah. Or the other way around. Dynamic story in a static world? Yeah. No. The world's not static. The world's very dynamic. The story never changes. The story is what static. Mean the story doesn't change? They just add new chapters, but it's still a static story. Once the story's down, it's down. I see what you mean. So fast forward to the events of the uh, pre-launch. All right. Legion is invading Azeroth. Now, you've played both sides. Yes. The Broken Isles. Yes. So Jaina was very unhappy with the Alliance teaming up with the Horde to fight off the Legion. That is uh, saying it lightly. Saying it lightly, yes. She wasn't happy about it in the beginning. And when it appeared that the Horde turned their back on the Alliance during that fight, she was enraged. Now you have the death of Varian, who she was very close to. Now she has the Horde to blame for that, in her mind. Right, because if they had not abandoned the situation, then he might have survived. That's true. Now we see her, if you uh, do the Alliance side of the invasion, you uh, go visit Anduin after Varian dies. All the leaders of the Alliance come and express their condolences and talk about how they should move forward. And everyone except from Jaina wants to unite. They said, look, this is more important that we fight off the Legion. Right, we do save what we the have planet. To do. Right. You know, the Horde and us, we both have the same goals. We just need to work with them. And only Jaina said, no, we need to fight the Horde. And she was angry. Very angry. She told Anduin, who's been king all of, what, five minutes... That she was disappointed in him. And she kind of does a, a villainous type line before she, you know, ports out of there. <laughs> the mage equivalent of walking out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Porting she, out. She's like, you'll see, you'll all see. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you get further into it, you approach the Kirantor, the council, to talk about adding the horde back into Dalaran and back into the Kirantor. She gets outvoted. But right. before she does, she says, I don't want the Horde in here. And if you let them in, I'm going to leave. So she sets up an ultimatum. She doesn't get her way. They vote against her. And she just boards out again. <laughs> the major equivalent of storming out of the room. She does it again. <laughs> way to go, Jaina. Here's the thing, though, Freck. She's getting what she wanted. The Horde and the Alliance are teaming up to do something. <laughs> That's right. And, but now she's not happy about it. No, now she's, well, ever since the events in Theramore, that kind of yeah. changed her attitude yeah, changed a little her. bit. And I can kind of see from her vantage point why she's mad. Sure. But then again, any uh, villain that's developed well is going to have motivation for what they're doing. You know, nobody sees themselves as a villain. But let's face it, she is looking for betrayal and she's finding it. Rather than being able to see clearly. So if you look at her personality now, she's resentful over the betrayal. You know, she's looking for bad things. She's looking for the horde to mess up. And she's finding it. She's completely unwilling to compromise or reason. You know, is she having rational discussions with the other leaders of the Alliance or the other leaders of the Karen Tor? Nah, she's porting out. Yeah. She's not going her way. She's out. That's right. Now she is wanting revenge rather than peace. She referred to the Horde as dogs. Yeah, and that really objectifies them. Dehumanizes them. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah. Just whatever you, whatever you want to say. But that, you know, once you put somebody on that level in a mindset. Right. Killing them is, I mean, I'm not speaking from experience. Obviously. Well, no, but historically, yeah. there's, uh, when you look at genocide, there's several things that happened before People are killed, and one of the first things that happens is to other them. 
as in labeling them with some sort of group name that makes people think of them as less than human or less than people or just not the same as you and me. Right. They're those people. Yeah, very true. And that type of attitude precedes violence. And she's done that. Her attitude has. has, she has, you know, kicked them down a notch yeah. on the evolutionary ladder. And when you see her interactions with even people that she's supposed to be on the same side with, she's aggressive. She's hostile. And what really got me during these uh, scenarios was how stressed she seems. You can hear it in her voice. If you click on her now, she says like in this very kind of yell, this strained voice, be careful who you trust. Hmm. And that's kind of a heavy thing to greet somebody with, you know, the person standing <laughs> oh, next to her. That's her greeting? That's her greeting. She doesn't say, you know, light bless you or... Or king's honor friend. King's or, honor friend. None of those uh, polite things that you say. Be careful who you trust. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But the the stress itself is kind of what gets to me. Because you can, uh, someone could be hostile or be angry, but hopefully they can calm down or hopefully, you know, they will see logic enough. But if she herself is agitated, then she's no longer thinking rationally. Which can lead to who knows what. I think we're, I think you have uh, brought forth a very good argument here. Uh, she could be on the cusp of snapping. I think so. So what I predict for her, I think something, probably in this expansion, maybe not until the next one, but I think something will happen to make her snap completely. And I think her mindset is going to go from... I want to protect the Alliance to the Alliance don't deserve protection if they're willing to fraternize with the Horde. Because in a very similar way, Garrosh went through the same progression. He went from, you know, wanting the Horde to be great to saying, well, the Horde isn't going to be great unless you're going to be out conquering. So if you don't want to conquer, you're no longer a true Horde. I'm liking this. Uh, We have always seen the Alliance either in a defensive stance or a uh, retribution stance, never in an attacking stance. Yeah. Now, I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, this is speculation. You know, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, if she is going to be with the Alliance or if it's going to be Horde Alliance against Jaina, which I'm thinking it might Uh, be. That's what I think it's going to be. I think she's going to go rogue. Yeah. Because. She makes such a great mage. Well, here's the thing. When Garrosh went too far off the deep end, the you horde... the joke. <laughs> what? Never mind. Go ahead. Just, just go on. You're fine. Just carry on. Yeah. Carry on, Frank. All right, That's... All right. Squinty eyes will get it. Okay. And he'll post it on Twitter. Okay. It's okay. All right. All right. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> that was a good joke. When uh, Garrosh is too far gone, you know, he is no longer representing the horde. And the Alliance knew that. They knew that Thrall, that Cairn, or I guess Bane at this point, um, all the Horde leaders, they knew that they were not on the same page as Garrosh, and they were able to differentiate between Garrosh and the Horde. I think Jaina is going to follow a similar path of being so far gone and so out for revenge that the Alliance are going to have to distance themselves from her. So you think it's going to be Jaina and the Elementals, which sounds like an awesome band name? <laughs> Changing the water elementals. No, well, she can have all. She can have more. What other elementals? Ice, wind, all of them. No, oh. I guess I, as a well, mage, I think fire. I think shamans do all all of the yeah, but elementals. I think the mage just do water and fire, maybe. Yeah, no. Actually, not even fire. I don't think. I think just water. Who's the fire mage? Yeah, but they don't. They do not summon fire elementals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is the water elemental? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Should be a really fun boss fight. Be really interesting. Well, I mean, She'd okay. Be polymorphing people. <laughs> That's true. She would be <laughs> blinking mirror image. Yeah, yeah. We've already done a mirror image fight. That was fun. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So we're in the Nexus. Oh yeah. So what do you think? Do you think it's more like a redemption story, save her, or do you think it's more of a I don't know taking down Jaina story? I don't. Anduin could end up killing her. That would be <sighs> significant because she was like his, you know, his aunt. 
I mean, not, not his actual aunt, but you know, like the yeah, very close family. Yeah, uh, yeah. member uh, to the family. Yeah, they already pulled a George R. 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 Martin thing here, uh, killing off main characters pretty quick. <laughs> Well, um, they kill off boring characters. That's okay. The one wasn't boring. He had a great backstory. The Which guy, one? the the dude who in, uh, he was the alliance guy who was having he put the little bubble around him in the uh, scenario. Tyrion, yeah, Fordling, yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't been around in a while, but he had a great backstory. Well, they, that's true. Yeah, it is gone. I mean, quick too. Right, painfully. He screamed a lot. I didn't like that. I don't think a lot of people cared that Vol'jin died. You know. <laughs> The writers didn't flesh him out. Yeah, and he, there was just you they, know they gave him a whole book, and it still he still wasn't that was, interesting of character. It wasn't a good book. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was not. They didn't. I think I'm excited about Savannah's being the leader, though. I think she'll be. I totally am. Interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. Very. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't kill her. She's dead. Yeah. No, is she dead? Her her soul is severed. You can't even. I mean, what, do you, what do you do? And she's so scary. I love it. I mean, they're gonna pull some something with her sister. You watch. Oh, true. And the others. Well, they already said her sister was gonna show up. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, no, here's the thing. I just don't know if Blizzard can actually kill off Gina. I think she is too central of a character mm-hmm. to do that with. You think it'd be more satisfying to have a redemption story? I do. Yeah. Um, she is a very, very strong female character, which this. You know, That's WoW true. needs a lot yeah, they more do. of. They do. And if you kill her off, and then who else do you have? It's, you know, here, it's going to be the best, man. She's going to come into, you know, this awesome leader, and she's going to help rule Stormwind on the Alliance side. Then you're going to have mm-hmm. two really strong female leaders of opposing factions. Hmm. Yeah. So I think they're playing that card to get more female players <laughs> into the game. No, look, we both have female leaders. It's good. We're all good here. Well, it's it's really good that the female characters, their story does not simply exist to fuel a male character's story. Sure. Absolutely. No, I get so that. That's and that's important. And they have real armor. Well, yeah, except Jane has got... No, they both have their belly button exposed. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah, dead belly button. Ew. Jane has had that same midriff exposing outfit for like 20 years. You think they would let her die by the hand of Anduin? I, you know, I don't know if they would let it happen. But I think it would just be a very interesting story. Because Anduin's very innocent. He's nonviolent. And for him to have to kill somebody that he looked up to, it would be a significant moment in Anduin's life. And then the Lich King would come raise her. Yeah. They can't fully kill her off. Yeah. I don't mean, it's just... You've got... I think it's going to happen. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, but that's down the road some, so we will, uh, if our predictions come to fruition, we are going to resurrect this episode. Episode 325, just put in the book. We have a book? We We need a book. (laughs) Let's get a book. Wait, what's this book? Uh, It's going to be our predictions book. Oh, predictions book. Yeah, we need a predictions book. It's a book of prophecies. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to have, it'll have two entries, selfie cam, (laughs) and now Gene has a boss. (laughs) Can we go retro, retroactively put stuff in the, we call it selfie cam. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Speaking about Gina's hair. Okay. Human beings, as Mm -hmm. most of us are. Yes, most of us listening to this. Most of us listening are human beings. There could be some dogs or other people listening. You want to go outside? Hey, you want to go for a walk? I shouldn't do that. It's horrible. <laughs> we'll just play that Gwen Stefani song. Oh, uh, my dog house, and that's awesome. No, okay, so human beings with the with the hair. Yeah. IRL, when human beings experience a massively traumatic event in their lives, mm-hmm. it can turn their hair white. All of it? Or just part of it? Like a section of it or all of it, but it's not like overnight. It's just like it grays out and grows out, obviously. Oh, okay. But it can do that. What are you talking about? Long term? Are you talking talking about like if they have a shock, they can just kind of wake up and? Well, their hair won't be they're... white when they're next when they wake up. Oh, no, that's true. But it will start growing, and then it's like all of a sudden you're like, "Well, there's there's gray. Where'd that come from?" Yeah. And then you realize. So. Yeah, have you seen those pictures of Obama when he first got in office <sighs> and now? <laughs> Look at just don't do Obama. Do every president from every country. Except the bald oh, ones. True. Any anybody who's been the leader of a massive, even companies, you can look at their when they first came on, and when they left whatever office they're in, 
the aging process they go through is is phenomenal. It's like holy cow! You don't want to do more than eight years. It's like in that doing job. a time machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what I was saying though is, with a traumatic event as human beings, it usually doesn't turn the entire head of hair white. Yeah, it's usually a tuft of it. And if you take that same analogy into World of Warcraft with Jaina. And it leaving one tuft of blonde hair. And it happened instantly. That's pretty massive. That's true. But that was also, that wasn't explained as being the stress of it. It was explained as being, you know, the arcane energy that she got caught up in. It's still stressful. Yeah, sure. It's stressful. But you can imagine we got hit by something that killed a lot of people. And you didn't get injured, but change your hair color. Kind of weird. Yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> So, Gina, patch 8.0. There you go. We'll see if it happens. Hearthcast.com is proud to present Root and Freckleface's Top X List, a conglomeration of... Wait a minute. You guys named this segment Top X List? So you, you wouldn't have to pay me for additional segment bumpers? What a bunch of... I mean, a conglomeration of fun-filled, interesting tidbits for your amusement. Hearthcast.com's top excellence. Cheap son of a... <laughs> just, I just love that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I crack up every time. It's probably just me. Nobody else does. So, what to expect during an official Blizzard event? Expect detailed instructions and get them. We're talking about pages, documents, books... On stuff that you thought you might know, like what to expect with with a Hearthstone event, what to do, how to host it, what to say, how to shake a hand. Really? That was in there? Yeah. How to make people feel welcome. Icebreakers. All this kind of stuff is in there. You know, and it's it's community driven. So it's not Blizzard. It's everybody in the Hearthstone community. Blizzard calls them innkeepers. So it is a a amalgamation of all of their, their knowledge. And it's very cool. Expect any and all devices to be properly taken care of, for the most part. So, when Blizzard sends a kit down uh, for the streaming, so when you're watching these players on a live stream, if you notice, they have they all look like they're sitting in front of a green screen, and uh, it's all cool looking. In fact, it was uh, it was a scene of a fireplace behind them, kind of like a hearth. You know, a fireplace is really cool. I like what they did. That's actually a backdrop. It's not a green screen. It's actually a backdrop. It's like a typical convention type backdrop. Just canvas. Pretty cool. They send a computer to monitor, a mouse, headsets, cameras, monitors, that kind of thing. And it's all still in original packaging. Oh, wow. Yeah. Including like the plastic bags that the cables are in. And this stuff, you can tell it's been around. I mean, the boxes are not pristine. They've been, you know, opened and closed a bunch. Mm-hmm. But people have taken very good care of those items. Expect a lot of hurry up and wait. This one kind of surprised me a little bit, Freck. We had to be there about an hour before the players actually showed up, or when they were required to show up. We had to be there an hour before their required call time. Which was a good thing, because a lot of the pro players got there before their hour call time. They were there usually the same time we were. They were ready, yeah. Yeah. You get them checked in, and let's say that their check-in is 9 a.m., Everybody's checked in 9 a.m. Those players aren't doing anything until like 11. So they practice. They play Hearthstone. But they're checked in and waiting for hours. And meanwhile, our entire set had to be, you know, for the stream, had to be set up, tested several times every day in case we got notification from Blizzard to set someone there and use it. Expect decent levels of communication from Blizzard, but a lot of nonsense from others in chat. So there is a shared chat channel for all the innkeepers during an event or all the people putting on the event and their personnel can be in the shared chat channel. And the folks from Blizzard do a very good job in communicating what is going on, what's happening, what they're expecting, what they're seeing, everything else. And they just get like a lot of really weird, weird, like, hey, should I let my players go to the bathroom? Yeah, you should. You know, stuff like, it's like, 
why you know and and it wasn't like they were trolling. Yeah. They were just asking that level of question. Some not, of them, not it's all not of the them. Not the SATs, dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you know, do I need to accompany them to the bathroom? Mm. Do you? It's a, you know, or are they leaving in the competition? You know, so yeah, no, but well, even then, what what are they going to do? It's not, like, it's not like the game pauses. They're just going to lose their turn and inside go to the bathroom. Call their buddy. What's he got on the stream? What's he got? Yeah. Are you watching the stream? No, because it's an hour delayed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. So, yeah, it probably is. So anyhow, okay. Expect the players to all be very down to earth, but serious about the competition. That was very interesting to me. All of the players that we met, all the pro players were very cool. Very laid back, very easy to talk to. You know, we've said it before. A lot of times you don't know what you get. You know, some people aren't that approachable. Some people maybe a little, you know, have some social anxieties. And it's all good. It's all fine. But we didn't have that really in this time. Everybody's very easy to talk to. Very cool. From different parts. Like I talked about where they were from and all that. It was very neat. Their stories, their backstories are all very cool. Expect bypassers to be interested, but not really sure about what's going on. That was the best. We had a lot of people who would walk by because our event was in a um, primarily public area. And we had a very large event. And people would walk in or walk by and say, what is going on? There's a giant TV. There's banners all over the place. There's people sitting around playing computer games. What is happening? So you explain it to them. And uh, outside of like, man, I want to say two people knew what Hearthstone was. And I probably talked to 10 people who walked by. But it was interesting enough to see the reactions and see the, I mean, it's a huge setup. I'll post some pictures on Twitter when we go live with this show. But it was uh, a lot of people just kind of, wow, this is very interesting. And it's kind of where it ended. You know, we'll go look it up. Here's some information. Here's a brochure. Go look up Hearthstone. But it was just definitely something that catches the eye. Expect setup and breakdown to take a couple of hours each. Wow, is what I got to say on that one. It really did. Uh, the entire computer setup that Blizzard sends, computers, lights, screens, cameras, everything, comes in one big hefty case. And uh, they, they there is no room for anything left in that case once you get everything out of it. When you say comes in, is this being mailed or courier? Yeah. It, well, cargo. So mailed yeah. in a cargo shipment. So FedEx probably delivered it. But you got to get all that set up. Now, luckily, we were in a situation where we didn't have to break it down every night. Uh, and I would probably fair to say that nobody else did either in this competition. But you still had to test it every day. But for the event itself, we had... What, 16 tables outside? We had electrical. We had networking set up. We had Blizzard actually sent four wireless access points, which need to be installed and configured. Oh, those were nice, though, compared to uh, previous events where we were you know, using the Wi-Fi. Right. That well, was already in the building. The pro- is- yeah, and, and the, the person running the event, she and I talked about it several times, and I let her know that the Wi-Fi that is in this location is not enterprise level. You need enterprise level access points mm-hmm. and that's what blizzard sent and the biggest difference in what you can get at you know off the shelf at like a, a convenience store a convenience store, or walmart or something and an enterprise level access point is the amount of people and connections it can handle at once and it's getting to the point where your stuff at home isn't going to be able to keep up yet like you have a household full of teenagers you're going to have 20 some odd devices on your network at any given oh, time true. yeah so my stuff at my house is all enterprise level. It can it can handle you know four or five hundred connections at any one time. So next meetup is going to be at your house. Ha, what no. you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. But we'd have the you, we could do it. Capability to we could we could. <laughs> but uh, I did talk with uh, the person running the the Hearthstone events, and they are ordering something very close, if not identical, to what Blizzard sent. But yes, yeah, setting all that up. There was stuff we had to manage overnight because they didn't want to leave it out in a public area type of thing. So we did have to manage that kind of stuff. But for the, uh, and that was, you know, setting like some of the access points, we had to set those up and take those down every night or every morning, set them up every night, take Mm -hmm. them down. And there were some other things we couldn't leave out, but we had stuff on there on all the tables, very cool setups, you know, paperwork with what to do, how to do, what to do, what we're doing. 
brochures, just a ton of stuff. And I don't really think people understand what all goes into even a normal fireside gathering meetup. I don't know if they understand what all goes into setting one of those up, running the competitions, everything else. Um, and then throwing on the fact that we had two competitions going on at once, a, well, we had casual play, a competition, and a blizzard competition going on at the same time. It was literally three events happening at once. So, And we had to have a tech person, hello, me, be there uh, the entire time. So if anything, we're, we're luckily nothing happened for us. Like the worst thing to happen is, you know, a guy couldn't get on the Wi-Fi. Any Wi-Fi, his Wi-Fi was, wasn't showing up. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. We gave him a network cable and he was fine. Oh, cool. So, yay. All right. If there's a plan B, expect to have to use it. Just like I said, the guy's wireless <laughs> didn't show up. All right, here you go. Here's a network cable. The other plan B, we had so many plan Bs. I mean, we just, it was literally everything we did was plan B for our setup. There was a, a network configuration issue. We ended up running cables from an adjacent office that didn't have that issue. <laughs> so it was in the firewall. Basically, where we were at is a, a co-working space, and it used what's called a captive portal, which means when you first, because you've seen them in hotels or in airplanes and other places or Starbucks or places, when you jump on their Wi-Fi, the thing pops up and it says, hey, give us either your email or username and password and then agree to our services. You know, it's, yeah, you see yeah. those all. They're called captive mm-hmm. portals. Well, usually Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi access points, wireless access points, have a hard time with those unless you can get into the configuration of the of the access point and tell it, hey, here's the username and password that you're going to get asked for. Here, put that in. That might or might not work depending on how uh, the network is set up. Well, it didn't work for that network. So plan B, run 100-foot cables from the other office <laughs> and you know, use gaffing tape to put it on the ground. So it was, it was good. It worked. Expect Blizzard to send loot, codes, and giveaways. Oh, man, was that nice. They really hooked the competition up. We had everything from the giant Hearthstone pillows. We had uh, different... Um, Balzanet codes, Hearthstone pack codes. We had some of the, the, the Murlocs from uh, the gear store. Yeah. Some There was some gear store stuff there. There were some pins. Oh, check this pin out. It's the square one there on that bag, sorry. It's a oh, metal square pin from the Warcraft oh, movie. Oh, and it's a Doomhammer. Yeah. This is Warcraft in yep. theaters June 2016. Yeah, so they sent uh, a couple different variations. One yeah. was a Doomhammer. One was uh, Frostmourne. Yeah. One was... Uh, Actually, that wouldn't have been Doomhammer because that was Thrall's weapon. Oh, uh, yeah. Or did he get it from his father? It looks like Doomhammer. I think it was Doomhammer. Okay. I mean, why, I mean, I'm overthinking it. It, we are because they also had Frostmourne and said the same thing. You know, Warcraft movie in theaters. Was yeah. Like, it had nothing to do yeah. with the movie. So. <laughs> uh, there was also just a bunch of different different stuff. A lot of it was what they gave away uh, from a past BlizzCon. So there's probably some leftovers they sent. But Hey, that's not bad because you can't get those stuff after you know the BlizzCon's over generally. Yeah, like the little Diablo keychain. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of stuff like that. So it was cool. And lastly, expect someone to show up without any device to play on. Which is why we have that plan B rule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I brought three laptops with me, and all three were being in use somewhere. One was being used by a player. Uh, the other one I used, and then one was being used to broadcast some stuff to a TV. I know that the person running the event had three laptops, and they were also being used, two for checking and one for a player as well. One player showed up and he had his phone. And I want to play on my phone. And Blizzard went, no, you need to play on at least a laptop. That was their rule for the event. You had to have at least a laptop. Did no. they? Was that so they could stream it better? No, because when you stream, mm-hmm. if you ever picked up on that, and if Blizzard ever says, hey, we want player X to jump on and st- on the stream, right? they were on a completely different computer. Okay. They had to jump over to the, to another computer that is from Blizzard itself, log into that, and it has, it's a very small computer too, I was very surprised, it's just a very, it's a micro ATX box, it's a very small box, and I don't, you know, there was certain software on there from Blizzard, I guess, to make their stuff work the way they want it to work. Okay. Now I was kind of surprised that the players were told not to use any deck trackers or pencil paper. Right. 
no tracking, no manual, no electronic and tracking whatsoever. I was under the impression that that stuff was fine. I guess it just depends on the tournament rules, and for, I guess, that level of play, you're expected to know all that stuff in your head. Yeah, just be actively tracking it. Right. Now, I had not heard of the deck trackers until you mentioned them a couple weeks ago. I still haven't used it. I want to. But you've seen me use it. I've seen you use it. I saw some of the people that are just phenomenal players that are in that group. They were using it. Right. And uh, the, the players that were there talked about it. But I'm talking about the casual players who are in our meetup group for the fires, the Florida Fireside meetup group. Yeah. They all use it. And then in a in the competition, the smaller competition we had outside of the major competition, they were all using the deck trackers there as well. So I do want to point out, we had a kid there. Came down from up north. His, uh, his grandparents and, and, and aunt live here in Orlando. And he's up north somewhere. I think Michigan. I could be wrong. His birthday was Saturday. His birthday present, what he asked for, for his birthday, was to be flown down to Orlando so he could take part in a fireside meetup competition. Oh, really? Oh, He was a youngin' too, wasn't he? Yeah. You, I'm you, thinking of Right. You, you, it's guy. the youngest, yeah. youngest one we had in the tournament. Now... The little caveat on that is he thought he was entering the Blizzard tournament. Oh. But nevertheless, he got to compete. You know what? He seemed happy, though. He was, but one of our mutual friends, uh, who um, he's an instructor of sorts. Sure. Wiped him out 3-0, had no mercy <laughs> on him whatsoever. <laughs> and then I explained to him, well, you know, you can't have first. He's like, oh, I feel so bad. I destroyed that kid 3-0. <laughs> I wiped him out of the competition. I'm like, oh. Well, yeah. no, but it wasn't a single elimination tournament. Thing, no, it so wasn't. It was but, fine. Yeah, by the time he got to that particular guy, yeah, uh, yeah. he ended it. Oh, okay. So he had been going on a good streak before that, at least. Yeah, I remember one point in time he'd come out and he was like super pumped, super excited. He was on mm-hmm. the phone talking about it. And I'm like, this is, this is, you know, at first I, and I will admit, I, I jumped to conclusions. Like, this, nothing to get excited about. Why just get all excited about this? And then as, as, you know, as it is with life, when you learn the backstory of something, you're like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't jumped to that conclusion and made yeah, that, yeah. that assumption. That's really stupid of me, really naive of me, and really shallow of me. So once I did understand that, I was like, that is fantastic and kind of kind of wish I had that excitement. You know, I, like, hey, I know when I won that tavern brawl, I was bouncing around. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, okay, this is is something we can all get See, excited about. you have about. a slightly different perspective because these things are just like work yeah, it's for true. you. Just like nonstop work. Like you don't have, I, I think like the second day you finally had some time to sit down with me and like we actually played Hearthstone. I said, Root, this is the first time we've been to one of these meetups that you and I have played Hearthstone together. Right, yeah. Because you're normally on your feet, you're like going all around. Yeah. Well, we had enough volunteers there. Unplugging cables, plugging yeah. it back in. <laughs> Someone's got to do Turn that. it off, it's... turn it back on again. No, it's more than that. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's much more than that. I would say I was really overall with the... Uh, event that we were so honored to be part of. I was really blown away by the level of just support that we got, not just from Blizzard, but from the community itself, from the other volunteers that came out and the people who came out to take part in the event. They they were just all like fantastic. Really, really cool people. Yeah, and it was so cool because you know, last year at BlizzCon, you and I, we spent a lot of time at that Hearthstone stage watching those tournaments. Oh, yeah. Those, I love that stage, too. It was a really cool stage. But now we've seen what happens up close in front on that road to BlizzCon. Right. And, you know, who knows? Some of the people that we met there during this weekend could be on that stage of BlizzCon. Not our guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. we had uh, the, the furthest guy I got through from ours was the guy named Appa, A-P-P-A. He mm-hmm. got into the ninth round. Okay. When all you right. get to the eighth round, you go to BlizzCon. Oh, all right. I wasn't sure so, how far they got. I knew on got, the second day they, they said, oh, everyone made it through. Yeah, everyone made it through the first day into okay. the second day. By the end of the second day, all of our seven players except for one, so six mm-hmm. of them, had uh, had been eliminated. Yeah. 
close though. But yeah, in that the Appa, he just did such a fantastic job the next day. The the amount of pressure was in, intense. He didn't sleep at all the night before. Oh, no, he was there early. Uh, you know, thank goodness we had Red Bull as a sponsor because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was he was chugging down some Red Bulls just to stay awake. Poor guy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good. It was all good. So, however, uh, next year. You never know. Or, or sure. not even next year, the next qualifier that we have, which I think is coming up in the, they do them seasonally, so I guess winter or fall, something like that. But whenever the next one comes around, we will be there, and we will be, uh, we'll do it better. You know, we, we, we'll have our little post-mortem from this thing and figure out what we can do to make it better. Mm-hmm, for sure. And any little hiccups that we had along the way, we'll, we'll be sure to know how to address those next time. So, folks, just a little PSA. If you do play Hearthstone at all, just get on Google, type Fireside Gathering and your city name, and see what's in your area. There are a couple major websites that uh, host those or show those listings and have calendars, but not everybody uses those. Some might use meetup.com. Some might use Eventbrite or something else to get out invitations for people. It just all depends. And look at them if you do find them and make sure that it's something you do want to go to. Because some of them are casual. Some of them are super hardcore. Some of them require money to get into. So you pay in and there's a prize pool at the end of it. So everything differs. But it's a lot of fun uh, in, at any rate and any level that you want to play at. Yeah, so just Fireside Gathering, your city name. Go check that out on, on the Googles and see what you get. I want to give a special shout out to our friends on Facebook and our followers on Twitter. And as we close this show, number 325, we do want to thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Our email is podcast at hearthcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at hearthcastrec and at hearthcastroot, or just head on over to our Hearthcast Facebook page. You can support HearthCast by using our Amazon link at hearthcast.com slash Amazon. You can save $3 off your Loot Crate by visiting lootcrate.com forward slash HearthCast and using the offer code HearthCast at checkout. Our Patreon page can be found at patreon.com slash EIPS. And remember, Curse Premium will keep all your in-game add-ons up to date automatically. Please visit hearthcast.com for podcast archives, show information, and more. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface. This podcast is part of the D20 Grip Network.